0: Hi, I'm Christina, but I am not your therapist. Welcome to the first episode of this podcast. So glad you're here. Speaking of, that's the name of this podcast. I am not your therapist, but a little more on who I am. I am a psychotherapist and a dancer and a mover and a yoga teacher and a Zumba teacher and a CEO and founder of a company and Latinx and an influencer. But most of all, I am a Christian. And this is a podcast about me, an Afro-Latinx artist exploring my self-awareness with relationships, boundaries, and cultural identity. I will share my life, my truth, and my purpose. The style of these will differ from me talking to having guests to doing an interview style, but today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to do a reverse interview style where I am the interviewee. The person interviewing me today is Samantha Schwartz. She is my marketing and outreach coordinator for Fontanelle Art, a dear friend, and a sister. This episode is titled The Forbidden Fruit and we will be discussing the often conflicting elements of sexual identity and Christianity and I will be sharing my story in that topic because this is about my self-awareness and is a very sensitive topic to me and so I've invited Sam to interview me. An important note before we begin, I want to clarify that the aspects of my opinions and story that I will be talking about on this podcast are my own and are not affiliated in any way to Fontanelli Art, any other partnerships or any present collaborations. I will also honor confidentiality and not reveal true identities of any person or place that I share about without permission. Cause I ain't trying to get sued. (laughs) And lastly, a quick disclaimer before the topic. I am a Christian bisexual. And this is my official public coming out episode. This is a safe space as well. And I want to add that you do not have to have the same opinions or feelings as I do on this topic. Or frankly, anything I talk about on this show. I acknowledge that this is often a topic where people can have strong beliefs or trauma related to it. So make sure to take care of yourself. Listen to it in parts. Take breaks. Just listen to your body. Overall, I hope that I can give a voice to a small part of this and help you feel seen. Sam, take yes. it away.
1: Wow, I'm so excited to be here. This is so exciting. It's a historical day on planet Earth. And I just also want to add before we get into the questions with Christina, um, does, I'm just so honored to be here with you and that you're such a dear friend to me and a mentor as well. Mm-hmm. I also want to add that I am also a Christian. And I feel that being your ally and a safe person to all identities is how Jesus spent his time on earth. So I might as well do the same, right? Um, so this is not about my opinions or beliefs at all. I will not be sharing those tonight. I am just facilitating a space for Christina to do that with her story. And yeah, I love you, Christina. And I'm so excited to this with you.
0: I love you Thank too, Sam. You. Thank
1: okay. you. So are you ready to get started? No, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same. Okay. <laughs> well, the first question is an easy one. Okay. Um, so just to start, tell us a little bit about your faith journey.
0: Um, I definitely have to start with that I was chosen by God before I even like that verse about being in the womb. And him forming me he definitely did that for me i started going to church when i was three months old i had a puerto rican babysitter who lived in logan square humble park area and would take me to church from you know infancy all the way up until uh i left the college i went to church and i was like the good girl christian I went every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Bible study. I always volunteered, every youth group. You know, worship time, I'm in the front, like, I love you, Jesus, crying, like, just had that hardcore on fire. Um, and I can't share that without mentioning Elena Diaz, the woman who took care of me and babysat me. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: You know, I spent the nights with her throughout the week, and she would take me, you know, to the bus stop for school. And like every night we read the Bible and we prayed. And it's like, she literally taught me how to pray and taught me how to, you know, just build my relationship with God. My dad is Catholic. My mom was Catholic. She converted when I was about six or seven years old. Um, So that was my foundation. Church was home to me. Mm -hmm. And it annoyed my family so much. Oh, you want to go to church again? Yeah, we're going to talk about this and this. And so it was just like, my mom would punish me by saying I couldn't go to church oh I would throw a fit oh my a goodness fit. um and you know I've I've been through ups and downs with God when I left the college you know I had a an epiphany where I asked him God if you're real prove yourself to me mm. and that's like that's gonna be for a whole other episode my accident and how he answered that prayer um but it hasn't been perfect it's been truly like a relationship between a father and daughter. Some days I talk to him, some days I don't. There's pain, there's joy, there's everything. Um, so it hasn't been perfect, but he's been there the entire time. I love
1: that. That's so good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so this is your coming out party. This is a big day.
0: I'm it so is.
1: excited for you.
0: You know what's um, even bigger about this day? What? Is that as I do this, that I know that God just 100% loves me. And I 100% love him.
1: That's so good.
0: And his love is unconditional towards me.
1: Yeah. Feels good, doesn't it? To know that he loves you.
0: It's very securing. Yeah. Very securing.
1: Very securing. That's a good way to put it.
0: Um, yeah. So yeah,
1: happy coming out day. It's a very monumentous occasion. Um, and, and yeah headphone warning for anyone that's listening oh, to
0: i'm very loud i'm also hard of hearing so i don't know how to gauge my own level so you may want to turn your volume down yeah you've been doing good so far
1: yeah christina okay. will yell and she won't even realize that she's yelling nope, but it's all love all. <laughs> <laughs> it's all love um so you have come out as a christian who is also bisexual over the past few months What was your process to fully accepting bisexuality as a part of
0: who you are? It's been a fight. It's been a fight. Um, I did have something happen to me when I was younger, when I was a child, uh, that I don't want to disclose. Um, But it was very uh, impactful. And I think that ever since then, it kind of planted a seed. And um, I literally just fought this. I mean, this happened when I was like, I don't know, preteen, 12, 13. And I carried over into college and and over into that. But like, I literally, I tried to pray it away. I tried to fast it away. I tried to baptize it away. I tried to have pastors pray over me. I tried to have friends move around me and like get it out of me if I had people like just pray against the spirit that I thought it was inside of me, like demanding it to come out and to Mm. release me and all that. And nothing was working. And I exhausted everything that I knew. Mm. And within this past year, you know, God has been bringing out certain things and place certain people in my life. Um, But it has not been easy. I've been denying it for very, 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 yeah. Um, and it was coming up in different places, and, and God was revealing it to me, but um, I would say this past year, and of course, COVID played played a large role in being able to have the space um, to, to begin exploring that, and have that one-on-one conversation with myself, kudos to my therapist, who was able to ask the right questions. It was so, like, I had I was so separated from it that I had suppressed the actual memory of what happened to me. Mm. And she was able to ask a question. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember that. Um, and I actually spoke to that person on Monday of this week and said, Hey, do you have a moment to chat? And we connected. And I asked certain questions. I was like, what do you remember? What do I remember? And they apologized. Wow. And I was not even expecting an apology. I just wanted to be like, is what I'm remembering the truth, or is this something I made up? Um, and to get an apology was just like, Whoa, okay. So that did happen. What I'm feeling is real. Um, and it's just been, it's kind of like unpacking a box an endless box of answers with tissue and just like this and this and this but god's been doing it in such a creative way yeah such a beautiful way yeah, yeah.
1: that's a good analogy or like the the clown with the the tissue that never <laughs> it
0: literally is never ending and i'm like where is this like hello yeah, yeah. it's like new memories new experiences new yeah. healing and i'm like ah <laughs> Yeah, so it much. does
1: take layers sometimes, right?
0: It does, yeah.
1: Just like an onion. Shrek said it best. Sometimes it's like an onion. That's I love that. That's the day. So I hope you're laughing while you listen to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but after making a joke, I want to kind of get into some more hard stuff too. You kind of touched on this okay. a little bit just now, but to kind of build on that, this idea of um, sexual identity and choice. So many mm-hmm. Christians believe that um, sexual orientation is a choice Mm -hmm. so can you speak a little bit more to that in your own story um you mentioned that it was a battle and a fight
0: but just Mm -hmm.
1: how have you experienced that kind of dichotomy of choice and sexual orientation
0: well um i think that within the church i haven't had good experiences and i've needed to name that um one second And I've needed to name that and be able to acknowledge that although I've been a Christian my whole life, um, you know, sometimes churches are not healthy. Sometimes it's religious. Sometimes there's rules that aren't really biblical. Um, And if I've been kicked out of church for praise dancing, I've been kicked out of church for raising my hands too high. I've been, you know, kicked out of church for wanting to talk about social advocacy and racial injustice how the heck would a church handle me coming out as bisexual or me even trying to explore that that, right Mm -hmm. um but i knew that it was necessary i just didn't know how i have church trauma i do i literally almost walked away from the church
1: Mm -hmm. a
0: year ago um but i think one of the beautiful things about the church is that it's supposed to be in the person in the people and it's supposed to be um you know, within a community setting. Definitely need both. I met someone a year ago at a dance movement therapy conference and his name is Rodney. And Rodney changed my life. He changed my life when it came to this topic, when it came to understanding the relationship of God and sexual identity in a way that I've never seen before. I come from a background and I know You know, we'll probably dive into it a little more, but I I come from the background where it's a Southern Baptist church and it's like homosexuality, sin, sin equals hell, separation from God. That's Mm -hmm. it. No understanding, none of that. And so, you know, because I've had a long relationship with God and I'm an artist, there's times where God speaks to me in very like, to hear is crazy, but very supernatural ways and dreams and my Mm -hmm. artistry and writing where like the holy spirit just hijacks my body mm-hmm. and communicates stuff. And so when I was at this dance the conference with um in Miami and I met him I was just in shock because he was sharing some of the experiences that he was having with God and it was like wait a minute you know God the way I do. Like you you don't know of God like you know God. Mm-hmm. Like you know him in that depth and that capacity that's nonverbal, like I do. Mm-hmm. But Ronnie identifies as gay. So I'm sitting in front of him. We're, we're, I think we were waiting on other people to go out. We ended up sitting there maybe from like nine something to like four or five in the morning. Like just yeah. talking for hours. And my mind was just being blown because I was like, I thought that if you identified as gay, that you didn't, you didn't have access to God the same way I do. Mm-hmm. Like that you were already separated from him. That he can't, he can't talk to you in that way. Mm-hmm. And he shattered that. I was like, oh, okay. So now what? Yeah. What do I do now? Because everything was just undone in front of me. Um, so shout out to Rodney the CEO and founder of Moto Dance Company. And that was the thing that God had given him in a dream. He gave him the entire, like the mission, the values, the purpose. He gave him the logo, the name, the way, everything in a dream and is now alive. Mm-hmm. And so for it to have come to fruition, it's like, oh yeah, that was definitely God given.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's no disclaiming that. Um, and I think, you know, last, it was actually a year ago this month. That is where my journey, resurfaced again about what does it mean to be a gay christian yeah
1: that's really good so yeah. let's kind of build on that a little bit more too i haven't met mm-hmm. rodney yet i can't wait to mm-hmm. sounds amazing yeah I just heard his voice on the phone
0: <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> you didn't see ago. him. <laughs>
1: um but yeah i just want to expand on that so like before you met rodney and you were able to kind of experience that breakthrough with the whole yeah. proximity to god um, aspect. And, you know, I believe I'm sure you do as well. I feel like that's a lot of divine timing, right? God doesn't let Mm -hmm. us suffer or separate or any of that, or let us Mm -hmm. wonder for longer than we have to right? His timing is good. So, um, I just want to build on that a little more. So how did kind of denial, um, and your sexual Mm -hmm. identity journey create a rift in your relationship with God? What was that like for you? <laughs> oh, what a rift!
0: Mm-hmm. What a rift! What a rift! What a rift! Um, yeah, huge. <laughs> um, crap. For the longest, I I knew that there was stuff that I was hiding from him. Yeah. I knew that there was stuff that was in my closet that I would talk to my therapist about. Um, I knew that there was some unprocessed stuff that had so much shame and guilt surrounding. Um, And I would always describe it that if I had a home and I had people visiting, this piece of me was like a door, but I had put a bookshelf in front of it. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if no one knows that there's a door, then it can't be opened. Yeah. And so people are going in and out, and the bookshelf is there, and every time I walk past it, I see it. Mm. I would see it in people. I would see it in signs. I would see it um, in conversations, in movies. But I would be very quiet about it. And I think that finally um, it started knocking from the inside out. And I was like, oh, I got to sit with this. And in my artistry, you know, I, I love neon colors. I never paint with black and every once in a while some a black figure would come up in my paintings. Did I know? No. I had no idea what it was. But I knew that there was something there. Mm. And he was asking me to give it to him. And I was like, in order for me to give it to you, I have to sit with it. I don't want to sit with it. I don't want to acknowledge it. Um a big reason for me to have struggled with this for so long was because I've been taught my whole life that this was bad, that this was evil, that I would get separated, that I would be casted out. Um, and so for me to go from church to church to church, I just, you know, I the last church I was at I was literally worshiping at the altar and one of the pastors grabbed me by the arm and escorted me, you know, to another place and said, you can't do that here. That's not in our culture. Yeah. And I had a friend Uh, who invited me to another church which is my present home church and I walked in and there was praise dancers on the stage literally like this was like an hour after I got kicked out and the only reason I went was because I knew who was driving far to meet me here and I fell in love I literally was at the altar sobbing I was like I know I'm not able for this yeah I joined I had a community I was moving I was free but then here we go again with the sexual identity. And it, I know it sounds ridiculous. But for the past year, I did not want to say anything about it because I was afraid of getting kicked out of, off of my dance ministry. Yeah. And I was afraid that I was going to get kicked out of church. And I just I just love my church. I love the spirit that's there. I love the God that flows through. Every single—not Sundays, but like every single moment—we're there. His presence is so strong. Mm. I was like, God, I, I don't want to not visit you here. Yeah. Um, and so I hit it. And one of the things that hurt me—that the thought of hurt, the thought of me leaving—that hurt me the most was that I literally am wholeheartedly accepted at my church. Yeah. Like my church is huge, like twenty thousand members. And the fact that I have painted on stage, I have worshiped on stage, I was asked to speak as a dance movement therapist professional and, you know, the relationship of God in our body and healing. I have never experienced that at a church who accepted all of me. And I didn't want to lose that because I didn't feel like I'd be able to get that again. Yeah, And I still love my church so much. And so um, I think that COVID provided a space for me to come to terms and really make a decision of like, am I going to continue to suppress this and hide this or am I going to really just speak out? Um, And I I just don't want to hide that anymore. And people ask, you know, well, is it really necessary? Does anyone need to know? Like, is this? I was like, no, I don't. You know I'm a dancer. You know I love neon color. You know I'm an artist. Everything I do is loud. I can't turn down any part of me. It's not in me. Why? Because I'm an activist. I advocate for others. I create platforms and spaces. I talk about the discomfort. But for something to make me uncomfortable within myself, oh, I don't know how to handle that. (laughs) Again, I try to dance it away, paint it away, and it didn't out. Um, and so I just decided to open up that closet and allow God to be in there. It was time. It's so good.
1: I want to, I love how you always, I I introduce yourself as an artist first, even though you're an extremely well-qualified individual in many facets, clinically and otherwise, I just love Mm -hmm. how you always do that. Um, so I wanted to kind of ask about, you know, your identity as an artist. So how does how does being an artist contribute to your healing and self-awareness and also your closeness with God?
0: Well, for those of you who can't see, I'm scratching my neck, which is a symbol, (laughs) a symbolization. (laughs) I itch a lot when there's, you know, something that I know I should say, but I don't want to (laughs) say a therapist, need therapists, doctors, need doctors. And, you know, I just, Think that it's so funny how God gave me this dream to be able to lead others to healing in non-traditional ways through movement mm-hmm. and artistry and music and just all these ways. All of them. All of them. And of them. you know, for me, it wasn't working. Yeah. And I know a lot of therapists and a lot of professionals can relate to this that you try to heal yourself by bringing more healing to others. Hmm. And it's really what you need to be giving yourself. And so, you know, it can be an example of like, you call a friend and you talk to them for three hours. And you want to be there, you want to be present, you want to be emotionally available. But what you're really saying is that you need you for yourself. You need to sit with yourself. You need to have conversation. You need to be emotionally available. Hmm. Um, and so I think I... I can say that I contradict myself a lot because I'll be quick to say, Oh, you need healing. What you need? I got yoga, Zumba, meditation. What do you need? But for me, it's like, Oh, I don't want to deal with it. (laughs) I don't want to address it, but I go and I turn around and be like, come on, we got to talk about it. Bring it to the surface. You got to be free. You don't need this weight. You need to release this cloud. It's just a back and forth, but I thank God for having patience with me. I thank God that he is able to just show up every time I am ready to talk about it, whether I got to kick my feet and scream along the whole way. He's there. And he has always been consistent. You know, and I I think of it as God is a radio. He is a radio station. That is the number every time, any day that is him. But it's us that gets distant. God doesn't become distant from us. I believe that we become distant from him. And this comes from Pastor Charles Stanley. Um, one of his preachings was saying that like our stuff, our junk, our confusion, our whatever it is that's coming up causes that distance between me and him. And, uh, you know, for me, it was shame and guilt. Think of it of your parents or guardians. If you do something shameful, you're not going to be in their face like, hey, mom, hey, dad, no, you won't. let me get to the room. Let me be yeah. by myself. <laughs> Let me keep my head down. Let me get to the like, room. Let me, let me <laughs> look. the door opens straight to the room. Yeah. I hope that they're not in the living room and they don't stop you and How was your day? What are you doing? No, don't ask me nothing. I'm trying look, let me just isolate and oh, withdraw. Literally. Hiding. It's like in the garden. Hiding. Okay. Where, you where are you at? Uh, I knew where he was at. See, yeah. I think I got loud again. Sorry,
1: disclaimer. It's okay. It was anyways. <laughs> That's um, gonna be the new disclaimer for every other episode. <laughs>
0: You have headphones. You ready to adjust your volume throughout the <laughs> very quickly, very yeah. quickly. Um, but that's static, and that static can be cleared up with Clarity. That's but good. you got to address it. You got to be able to to dial it, and you know maybe you go way past it. Maybe you go all the way over here. But slowly but surely, you'll find that your way back to him. That's good. Yeah. Good. This is a question we
1: <sighs> didn't rehearse, but I want to jump on, ya.
0: I'm on you. I'm sweating bring it.
1: Yeah, I bet you are. You're wearing a
0: huge scarf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's colorful and it's beautiful. And Thank you. Be and that's
1: what I do. Okay. And I need so, it for comfort. <laughs> for maybe people who are listening that they're maybe not believers or they were once in the church, you know, they have some general idea about Christianity and they're struggling with their sexual orientation or identity. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what would be like your first like tangible step on how to start tuning that radio um, or how to start clarifying the voice of God? Like what would be your go-to thing to do?
0: To know anyone or anything, you must first know yourself. I think before anyone can start a new relationship with God or a person or a place or a thing, positive affirmations. Claim who you are. You are this, you are that, you like this, you like that. Literally make a list of all the things that make you you. Hmm. And then begin to work backwards. How long have you been that? How long have you been an artist? Who played a role in that? You know, and so if, you know, that's what I did. The first step was admitting that I liked women. And I did it in a therapeutic setting. And I did it with friends who I have around me. And my therapist was able to say, okay, how long have you been feeling this way? Yeah. When did it start? And just all that backtracking brought me back to the root of it. Hmm. Living in denial gets you nowhere. It's like driving a car in the dark. Getting a GPS open with no destination. Now you're just driving. Yeah. Start somewhere. Yeah.
1: Start in the present. I think that's good. Start presently with who you are mm-hmm. and invite safe people around you to talk about it with. It's really good. I love that. Good question. So, that was a cute little cutie moment, but <laughs> I have a really hard question for you? <laughs> ah! right, so get ready. Um, yeah, that was my transition statement. This is a hard question. This is kind of a, I guess, a mm-hmm. trick-orning question for some of you that may have church heard or um, mm-hmm. a lot of different Uh, History with this topic, but you know, since you're coming out as gay and you still identify as a Christian, do you think that being gay is a sin?
0: No, I do not. I don't. (laughs) I don't. I don't believe that being gay is a sin. I don't. She's yelling again, ladies and gentlemen. I am. I get very passionate. I think people need to hear me. Simply put, I do not. And I think it's interesting because I come from a very religious background that taught me that it is is the worst sin that you can commit. Mm -hmm. And that you are going, like, straight to hell. Like, it was like you were on a roller coaster. And as soon as you did that, like, there's no stopping. There's no going back. Um, And I just don't believe that that's the God that I serve. Yeah. I don't believe that he would set me up for failure if that was the case. Yeah. I just don't see him that way. I did. I did for a very long time. Um, and I think I'm still going through unboxing a lot of the stuff that my first church, you know, had taught me and, you know, it comes with like checklists. Like I saw God is like, if I wake up every day and I meditate for 45 minutes and I read the word and I check this off and I read a chapter and I memorize this and then I come back home and it was just like, God is, I bet you God was just sitting there like, um, so when are we going to start a relationship?
1: When are you going to talk to me?
0: Right, like, you talking to the things that people write about me, you talking to the Bible, but, like, you know, I just got a relationship with the Holy Spirit in 2016. That blew my mind. I was like, Holy Spirit? Like, what do you mean I talk to the Holy Spirit? What are you talking about? So it's layers. I'm still figuring out where have I tried to contain him, and he's like, hey, yeah, no. You see the universe and the galaxies. yeah, I did that. you am trying to put me in this box. I don't fit there. and he never will. He never will. Yeah. And if that's the case, then that means that people who drink alcohol are going straight to hell, people who steal are going straight to hell, people who struggle, like these are struggles. And I think that because I'm a psychotherapist, I see it from a mental point of view of like, people struggle with things. And they can identify as other things. Mm -hmm. I don't struggle with this anymore. I stand in it. It is who I am. I don't believe that I'm going to be eternally separated from God. Mm -hmm. I feel a lot of things, but I'm going to stop myself there.
1: Well, I'm going to poke the bear a little more.
0: Poke it. (laughs) Poke it. Poke
1: it. I think there's this kind of like interesting relationship in the church with, um, you know, sexual orientation and sin and legalism, all of those things. And I think it's becoming more and more um, present now as we, as a society, have become more accepting and more tolerant of mm-hmm. many different stories. And so to challenge you further, I just want to, um, how would you respond to possibly a more liberal leaning side of Christianity that still condemns homosexuality? For example... There's a lot of christians who understand that obviously it isn't a choice why would you choose it's like you're choosing to suffer right <laughs> <sighs> so why would it be a choice <laughs> um it's not but they still think that you can still be saved from it even though it's technically kind of the same weight as any other sin right so like most christians i think myself included get that like why would you Choose an identity that society has made it difficult to live Mm -hmm. freely in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and Christians are Mm -hmm. just now getting around the corner of like, oh, Jesus really did mean love everyone. So, (laughs) I mean, I just want to get your thoughts on that. So, like, people who still think that even though it's they love you, it's okay, like, come to church, we love you, they still think deep down that there's some sort of saving that can happen,
0: mm hmm, Mm -hmm. and And I get it, I get it, I get it, because I was there. (laughs) I literally tried to save myself, people. I Mm -hmm. told you, I fasted it, I prayed. I went to the altar and said, pray it out of me, help me. I am a sinner, I have fallen, I am struggling. Mm -hmm. Okay, but 14 years later, here I am. Yeah. And so, you know, i did all the things i literally went through like the checklist of like as a christian how to go through these things and it got to the point that's why i suppressed that i put it in the box i put it in the closet no one knows it's not there then it started rattling from the inside out oh mm-hmm. my like, god i've asked you why are you not hello why are you not <laughs> yeah and being able to say this is i did not choose this and i think that's where um that's where the weight of um my battle came from. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want him to abandon me, mm. and so I denied a part of me for so long out of fear that God would leave me. That God was like you know Judgment Day, and on the front, I'm like Dad, what's up? He's like oh, to the left. What's like. But we—I've been through so much with him. I've been through a lot of life with God, and I was like, "Why are you not answering my prayer? Like, is it the people? Do I need a pastor to pray this out? Like, what? What's not? Why are you not listening to me? Why is this not going anywhere?" Um, And that's when I realized that, like, wow, this really isn't a choice because I did not choose it for so long, but it is very present inside of me. and so I think it's very intentional that I did grow up in a very beautiful, strict, confusing um, church environment. And I turned out to be the one thing that they really, really said not to be and i think that is interesting that i was talking to you know the person i experienced something with in my childhood um a lot of people from that church in my particular like cohort of youths like a large handful i ain't talking about like five to eight people came out as gay mm. I was like, well, <laughs> isn't <that> interesting <laughs> let's dissect that and i think that's why you know, I titled this the forbidden fruit. When you shove something down someone's throat, don't do that, don't do that. You can't do that. Don't eat of this. Don't touch the stove. Don't do that. Curiosity builds. You separated so much. We couldn't sit next to boys. We couldn't talk to boys. We we go to camp, separate buses. Like it was so no, 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 no. So any opportunity that came up was like, Well, what if? Well then what? Um and I think that's what caused a lot of the confusion that I didn't know I had a legalistic relationship with God. I was like, yeah. no, this is just what I was taught. This is, this is the right way. Yeah. This is good. How did I end up not good if, if this is what was, this was my foundation. Yeah. So I think that's what makes this very beautiful that I get it. I get it. Yeah.
1: The ASMR portion. <laughs> Blowing mm. raspberries into the air. Okay, so I'm interested to hear your answer to this one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so sneaky. Okay, are you ready? Yes. There's still going to be Christians or people of other religions that condemn you know, different sexual orientations like homosexuality, and no matter how beautifully you explain your journey, they're still going to disagree with you. What do you have to say to them? Do you have anything for them? I do.
0: Ready? Ready? I love you. I love you. I love you, and I see you, and I get it. And I also accept you. I receive you. I receive the hate that may come my way. I receive um, the rejection that's going to come. I receive anything that you have for me. But I still love you. Because you are purposeful. You are intentional. You were made for a reason. Um, Whether our paths crossed and remained or we separated, you are part of this bigger plan that God has whether you acknowledge him as your father or not mm-hmm. um and so if he thought that you were important enough to birth you and to bring you into this world then i absolutely love you because i love him and to love him is to love all i can't not love anything he created i love the trees i love the stars i love the grass <laughs> like you are a part of this beautiful artwork that we're walking in that's
1: it love note for a hate letter i love that yeah i got
0: enough love for the whole world
1: enough love for the whole world Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and this we've Mm -hmm. come to our final question for the eve are you ready here we go yes so moving on we're looking at the rest of our days our weeks we've listened to this beautiful thing that you've shared with us but like Kind of a now what moment so i wanted to ask you how can christian believers and non-believers continue to talk about this topic in a respectful way even if at the end of the day people still quote agree to disagree
0: <sighs> so um i have some notes that i want to share with this so if you're watching you can see me i have my phone because I think that this is very particular and I don't want to go on a tangent, um, but I want you to hear me for what I have to say. I made this topic the first episode because I believe firmly in making platforms and spaces to be able to have respectful and challenging conversations like this. It needs to be talked about. We shame people, we do it, you know, we talk about people behind closed doors or like groups and all of that. No, let's talk. Bring what you have, I bring what you, you know, what I have, but we don't have to attack each other. But that requires a lot of emotional maturity to be able to say that you agreed to disagree and not throw a tantrum. So I acknowledge that. Also, if homosexuality is a choice, quote unquote, then you would have to say that depression is a choice and trauma is a choice as well. I'm not saying that homosexuality is a mental illness whatsoever. But my point is that there are things that happen to us that we do not choose. Things that can make us who we are. Things that make us, that begin our identity and how we identify with the world, with others, with communities. Um, The situation isn't a choice, but it's how you deal with it. I chose to deny it. I chose to suppress it, but it was still there. I literally rejected this emotion. I rejected the attraction and it did not go away. I did not welcome it for very long. And I think that my steps in beginning to to deal with what had happened was accepting it, finding a community, and in saying, God, I bring you into this part of me. Let's reflect. Let's take it to therapy. Um, And so I want to encourage you to have a safe and trustworthy community to talk to about topics like this. Please continue this conversation. And get a therapist, please get a therapist. If, if you or someone in your circle is not seeing a therapist, you gotta get a new circle. You gotta require that people around you are sitting and facing themselves and doing the work and doing the healing. No more stigma. And we're still in COVID. We still in 2020 y'all, can you believe that? So that means that accessibility to therapy is at an all time high. There's literally no excuse. But remember, I'm not your therapist. <laughs> Get a therapist, but it ain't going to be me, okay? So, you know, I know you want to share and talk and community, but remember, I'm not your therapist. This is my stuff that I'm trying to figure out. We can link up, but I can't lead you in this right now. I'm not there yet. So, well, that's all I have to say. We did it! Oh my gosh, I just did it! <laughs> Wow. so any final thoughts Sam
1: let's do this
0: I'm excited I can't believe it week one I am a Christian and I am bisexual
1: and God is good
0: all the time all the time God is good he is Mm -hmm. all right y'all adios and I will see you next Friday bye